our final installment from Joyful Life Publishing's In Christ Unconditionally series, Heart Conditions. Today is the fixed heart, as you can see. So this is week six. This is the last time we'll be meeting back here for this quarter. The compare and contrast style of this study has helped us to consider the effect that our choices have on the spiritual condition of our heart. Solomon asked the Lord to give him an understanding heart. The Lord gave him a wise and understanding heart, but we learned a wise heart is not a perfect heart. We all need to seek and apply heavenly wisdom to our lives. If there's a word that you should tie to that lesson, I think it is apply. It's application. It's use the wisdom God gives in his word and through godly counsel. The scribes and Pharisees were more concerned with having the appearance of being holy than with actually being holy. Their self-righteous blindness showed their foolish hearts. Nebuchadnezzar, that was the proud heart, he took credit for things that God had enabled him to accomplish. His prideful heart lifted him up, but God brought him very low, and that's what pride will do to us. And that is God's response to pride in our lives. We talked about John the Baptist last week. He started his ministry in the wilderness, and his simple obedience and single-minded focus were indications of his humble heart. Humility magnifies Christ, and I feel like from personal experience and from studying for that lesson, humility also beautifies the soul and the person that possesses it. That's a really wonderful thing. Today we'll be studying the fixed heart, through the life of the Old Testament character, Ruth. As a new widow, Ruth set her heart on abiding with her mother-in-law, Naomi. Her decision to follow Naomi into an unfamiliar land demonstrated her fixed heart. Class discussion time. (laughs) Warning, warning. The idea of a fixed heart is probably not a phrase we hear as often in our everyday conversation as the words wise and foolish or even humble versus proud. But we all understand what it means to be fixed, or we might say fixated on something. What word would you use to complete the following sentence? Steadfast people are blank. You fill in the blank. I thought of a few words. Steadfast people are dependable. Steadfast people are committed. Steadfast people are confident. I added confident to my list because for myself, you have to be confident in your position if you're going to stick to it or if you're going to be fixed upon it. So I said steadfast people are confident. Do any of you have a suggestion? (coughs) Steadfast people are loyal. Loyal. Consistent. Consistent. Steadfast people are consistent. We could even maybe say persistent. Any others? For steadfast people? Someone with a fixed heart or mind on something? All right. Let's turn to Psalm 112 and look at a few verses as an introduction to the topic of a fixed heart. Psalm 112. We're going to read through all ten verses. just to get an idea of the message and tone of this psalm. Psalm 112, verse 1. 
Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. All of these characteristics, let me back up. This psalm describes the man or the woman who fears God. Verse 7 tells us, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. There's our word, trusting in the Lord. This person is blessed. There are several phrases that speak out concerning being fixed or steadfast. I wrote them on the board. They're listed on your handout. These qualities are found in verse 6. The fixed heart shall not be moved forever. Verses 7 and 8 shall not be afraid. Verse 7 repeats again is fixed. Verse 8 is established. And verse 9 shall be exalted. We can find all of these characteristics also in the behavior of Ruth, who is our picture of a fixed heart today. We're going to tie lessons from the life of Ruth to each of the phrases I just picked out of Psalm 112. So you can turn over to the book of Ruth now, Ruth chapter 1, and the first main topic on our outline for today, picture of a fixed heart. Ruth is a picture of a fixed heart. Ruth was from the country of Moab. She was the wife of Malan. Her husband Malan was the son of Elimelech and Naomi. Ruth also had a sister-in-law named Orpah, who was married to Naomi's other son, Chilion. The Bible doesn't mention how the men died, but simply states that Elimelech died, followed by his sons, leaving three widows, Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah. So in Ruth chapter 1, Naomi orders Ruth and Orpah to return each to her mother's house. That's in chapter 1 and verse 8. Orpah wept, but obeyed, and returned to her family. Ruth did not. So let's read chapter 1 and verse 16 together. This is a very familiar verse. I'm sure you've heard it before. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. So this verse reminds me of the character quality of a fixed heart that says, I shall not be moved. That's our first phrase from Psalm 112. This is not a proud heart or a foolish heart speaking out of stubbornness or sin that Ruth is displaying here. Rather, Ruth is an example of someone who is steadfast in the face of hardship. It is possible 
to be dedicated and unmovable in difficult times, in unstable times. The time to make up our minds that we're going to continue in Christ unconditionally is before we come to a challenging event in our life. The quality of a fixed heart comes to the forefront in the area of decision-making. Ruth could not be moved from her decision to follow Naomi. Those are your first blanks. Ruth could not be moved from her decision to follow Naomi. The upright one shall not be moved forever. Ruth's testimony could have been, if you read in Psalms chapter 62 and verse 2, it says, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. There is another verse in Psalms, Psalm chapter 16 and verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. This is a quality of a fixed heart. I think it is a good practice if you are coming up to a big commitment or a change in your life, whether it's a spiritual decision you've made or it might be something physical. It might be a move. It might be college. It might be marriage. But it's a good idea to claim a verse to fix in your mind for that event or that decision in your life. That can keep you motivated to go forward and to not be moved. Both of the verses we just mentioned from Psalms are good ones, good passages for a purpose like that. Something to fix in your mind. All right. Another quality of a fixed heart is the refusal to allow fear to move us from decisions that please God. Our decisions are motivated by fear more often than we think. Can be fear of man, can be fear of failure, can be fear of consequences in our relationships with friends and family. Some of our decisions are motivated by fear of embarrassment. All of these things work together. You can ask yourself how often your choices and decisions are surrounded by worried thoughts or anxious thoughts. And you'll have an idea of how often fear does play a part in the choices that we make. Ruth was a new widow. She was going to live among people who were not her own. But she says to Naomi in Ruth chapter 1, and I'll read you the next two verses here, verses 17 and 18. Let me read those to you. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she that is Naomi, saw that she, Ruth, was steadfastly minded to go with her. Then she left speaking unto her. Ruth was not motivated by fear. Those are your next blanks. Ruth was not motivated by fear. Psalm 63, 7 and 8 tells us, Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. The fixed heart shall not be afraid. That's our next phrase from Psalm 112. Isaiah 30 and verse 15 tells us, For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. There was no wobble in Ruth's determination to do right. We try to do right. We want to do right. But we're wobbly sometimes, aren't we? Ruth's a good example for us there. The final words in verse 18 that I just read to you make clear just how fixed Ruth's heart was on following Naomi. The Bible tells us that Naomi, if you look at the end of verse 18, what does it say? Left speaking unto her. 
you know that someone's mind is very made up when there's no point even talking. (laughs) Have you ever been there? The conversation is over. Ruth had a heart that was fixed on following after the God of heaven. Those are your next blanks. Ruth had a heart that was fixed on following after the God of heaven. She pursued him with her choices. Psalm 112 also reminds us that a fixed heart is trusting. Naomi explained to Ruth and Orpah that she could not help them. There's a few verses about this in chapter 1. She tells them, I don't have any more sons to give you as husbands. I'm finished with that. She tells them she's too old to marry again and find a husband that can provide for the three of them. That's in verse 12. She also, Naomi, believes that the Lord himself is set against her. So she's communicating to Ruth, I'm not going to be able to give you any help. Ruth had to trust the Lord with her future. And that's your next blanks there. Ruth trusted the Lord with her future. Later in the book of Ruth, Boaz will say to Ruth, The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. A fixed heart is trusting. Psalm 145 tells us, The Lord upholdeth all that fall, and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. This is in Psalm 145. Thou openest thine hand, and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. We have to remind ourselves that our help comes from God. There are times when not even family, parents, there are times when nobody can help. Our trust has to be in the Lord. We are not able to create provision in every situation for ourselves. We are the recipients of God's provision. A fixed heart is trusting in his guidance and his provision for each day. The things we know we need, the things we're worried we might need. The fixed heart is trusting. As we read through the book of Ruth, her trust in God and care for her mother-in-law reap great rewards. Ruth is able to assist Naomi by gleaning in the fields. And we're all familiar with the story of Ruth there and how she helps her mother-in-law. She also grows a good reputation. And we know this because of what Boaz says to her in chapter 2. When she is in his fields, he says to her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done under thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. He had heard things about her, and they were good things. She had got a good reputation for herself. Ruth finds favor in Boaz's eyes, and through a series of events, we're not going to go through them all, she becomes his wife. It is fair to say that Ruth was established in her new home. Ruth was established in her new home. And God did that for her and worked many miracles on her behalf for that to happen. Just as we read in Psalm 112, the fixed heart is established. And last but not least, you probably know how we're going to get to this point, the fixed heart shall be exalted. This is perhaps the most amazing of all. So we're going to read two passages. Let's first turn over to Ruth chapter 4 and verse 13. Ruth chapter 4 and verse 13. God has established Ruth in her new home here. We read, So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And then skip down to chapter 4, and verses 21 through 22. 
we're going to read about their children. And Salmon begat Boaz, and Boaz begat Obed, that is Ruth's son also. And Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. Ruth could have never known where her devotion to Naomi would lead. She did not know the path of history. What started out as a journey of grieving became a story of great rejoicing. God knew all along that this was his plan. We know through the written word of God that this was God's plan. But the view from Ruth's and Naomi's perspective was sorrowful and hopeless for a very long time, for years and from another country. Their view was dimmed and difficult, but God exalted her and gave her a place in the line of Christ. She could have gone home to her family. She could have given up. She could have sunk into grief over the death of her husband, but instead she fixed her heart on helping her mother-in-law and on moving forward. And as a result, she has a place in the lineage of Jesus Christ. The fixed heart shall be exalted. And God exalted Ruth by giving her a place in the line of Christ. Those are the last blanks under that point. God exalted Ruth by giving her a place in the line of Christ. Ruth's story is so inspiring, and it was really neat to see how it lined up with Psalm 112. So I had to ask myself, what are some things that interfere with a fixed heart in our lives? So Roman numeral two there, second main topic, problems of a divided heart. This is my best word for the opposite of a fixed heart. A divided heart. Letter A, I'm going to buzz down through these fairly quickly, impatience. Impatience interferes or impedes a fixed heart. It is easier to walk by the light of our own candle than to wait for the Lord to light the path sometimes. Hasty decisions, which very often lack biblical discernment, will divide our hearts from following God's plan. It's hard to be fixed on something If it's not the right thing, therein comes the wobble, and all of a sudden we've lost our stability, especially our spiritual stability. So don't let impatience interfere. Use biblical discernment and decision-making. Letter B, another thing, problem of a divided heart, is double-minded or capricious behavior. Ruth's really shocking in how fixed she was in this area. The Bible never indicates that she wavered from her choice for one second. Not with her knowledge of the fact that Naomi's family history of leaving their homeland during the famine, not during the journey from Moab to Bethlehem, not dealing with her bitter, her sometimes bitter mother-in-law, not when leaving her childhood home and family, not when she was the one that had to go and glean in the fields. There is no record at all that she ever wavered. When we cannot or will not, decisively commit to actions in life that line up with God's will for us, we will be a yo-yo of opposing choices. You're going to have to commit to have that fixed heart to actions that please the Lord and to the decisions and the will that he has for you. Letter C, pride. This is not the first time we've talked about this word. (laughs) In order to be fixed on God and dedicated to his will, we'll have to surrender our plans to his hand. That's where pride sometimes brings conflict in our lives and keeps us from having a fixed heart because we're struggling to give up and allow God to have his will in us. Letter E, entanglements. This is an obvious one. 
A fixed heart is willing to do whatever it takes to follow God. The pleasures this world offers and distractions that tempt our minds will stand between us and a fixed heart. Those entanglements of this world. Next, we have fear. We already discussed that in relation to Ruth, so I'm not going to say a whole lot more about that. But a fixed heart focuses on Christ and a steadfast mind. Remember how it describes her as steadfastly minded? A steadfast mind casts fear out. It fixes its mind on some of those Bible verses and moves forward and shuts the door on those fearful thoughts. So fear is a problem of a divided heart. And I think we're on the last one. This will be regrets. This is a big one because to be human is to have regrets. Because to be human is to be imperfect in our life story. It's difficult to move forward with a fixed heart if you're always looking backward with an I wish. It won't work well. Trust God with that regret. A trusting heart is a fixed heart. Choose to trust God instead of dwell on the regret. One last precious thought concerning the fixed heart is found in Psalm 91. I'm calling this the promise to a fixed heart. Let's all look at Psalm chapter 91. This is a very familiar psalm. Chapter 91. So while I was studying for our lesson, I stumbled on Psalm 91 reading for something separate. And certain words and phrases immediately stuck out at me as some of the qualities that we've already discussed in Psalm 112 and also in the life of Ruth. So I'm just going to go ahead and read through Psalm 91, and you can watch for those two words on your hand out there, because. All right. We're going to see that word twice in this psalm, because. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eye shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. The promises and deliverance that are found and promised in this psalm are given for their two reasons. There's two because that we find in here. The first time is in Psalm 91.9. Why will there be safety and escape from the wicked? Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. I'm looking at that word habitation. You have made the Lord your habitation. 
That sounds like a very fixed abiding, doesn't it? Skip down to verse 14 then, and it says, Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. So our application there, a woman with a fixed heart is one who has set her love on Christ. And in return, the Lord will answer and deliver and honor her. Stability in our lives comes by fixing our hearts on the Lord, focusing on pleasing him and allowing everything else to fall in line with that. If you look at the bottom of your handout, you should have this phrase, even our Savior set his face like a flint to accomplish the Father's will. You can find that verse in Isaiah 50 and verse 7. That's being fixed. He fixed his heart to do the Father's will. And he set his face like a flint. It wasn't an easy thing that he was going to do. He fixed his heart that he was going to obey the Father. I was thinking down through the different heart conditions that we've studied. And a heart that pleases God starts with being willing, a willing spirit. But to finish the race, you'll need a fixed heart. You have to be willing to begin, but you have to be fixed to finished. So I think that this is a great lesson to end with. One final thought to conclude our lesson series. Remember our beginning study on the wise heart? What truth did we take away about wisdom? Wisdom is always application. So we have received a good deal of biblical instruction about our choices, about our spiritual heart conditions over the last six weeks. What can we apply going forward? What habits can you adopt? What choices can you make? Ask yourself some questions. Do we need to resist pride in our interactions with others and our responses to correction? Do we need to magnify Christ in our minds and in our lives and cultivate habits of humble service? Do we need more of that in our lives? Do we need to grow in our study of the Word of God so that we do not display a foolish heart? Let's fix our hearts on following God and choose some good habits to put into practice that will affect our hearts in a healthy way. I have three verses for you today if you want to work on the scripture writing. Psalm 112, 6 and 7, those are our verses for a fixed heart that we read at the beginning of the lesson. Psalm 16 and verse 8 is a good verse to fix your mind on. So that's why I put that one in there. Remember that Ruth was steadfastly minded. A lot of this does begin with what we put in our mind. And Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23 is a verse you've heard before. It reminds us, keep thy heart with all diligence. I thought that was just a good verse in relation to every heart condition that we have talked about. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact us, please write us at P.O. Box 126-541, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, 17112. And visit our website at www.svbcpa.org. Until next time.